So, a traditional Jewish, Christian, and Muslim. Are we starting this episode? Yeah, we'll start. Okay. Hi, Preston. Hi, Katie. Today, I mean, you're a subject matter. You're always a subject matter expert. I mean, we've talked a lot about a lot of things over the last couple of years that have been stuff that I know a lot from research rather than experience. Today is a lot more experience stuff, a lot closer to home. I like it. What are we talking about today on the, the Holy, Holy Watermelon, Watermelon Podcast. Podcast? Today we're talking about Freemasonry. But that's not a religion. Well, that depends on who you ask. That depends how you define religion. <laughs> yes. Please see episode two. <laughs> uh, yeah. For a lot of people who don't know much on the subject, mostly, that's a fair label for those people, Freemasonry is not only a religion, but a dangerous cult. It's, I was going to say it's a cult. It's linked to the Illuminati and the lizard people. I mean, half right. It is linked to the Illuminati. Not to the lizard people. Is it because lizard people don't exist? Correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Freemasonry is funny because anytime I've visited a lodge, um, I mean, usually it's like an open house sort of thing. They're always mm. very open about who they are and what they do. Right. The buildings are marked. It's not like we're some secret underground organization. The Square and Compass, the well-known icon for the organization, is on the outside of Every building we own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And if you go in at the right time, we'll tell them all about you. Sure. And they know how to party. Yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend. Yeah, especially for the annual communication every Grand Lodge has, where they have as many Masons as are willing to come to one central location within the jurisdiction, chill out at a hotel, drink late into the night. Whiskey connoisseurs everywhere, <laughs> or scotch or whatever. There's, you know, diverse people, diverse tastes, whatever. So if I want to learn more about whiskey, I gotta go to the Freemasons. <laughs> I mean, it's not the only source, but it's guaranteed you'll find an okay, expert, well, like <laughs> or at least somebody who thinks they are. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? So Freemasonry is the oldest fraternal organization in the world. So we know what frats are, fraternities. Yeah. Well, this isn't that far removed from that. No, not terribly far removed at all. In fact, a lot of the college frats, the Greek groups that you see all over the place, a lot of them were started by Freemasons. Interesting. I like yeah. that. Just a, a little no-value detail there. <laughs> I found it valuable, Preston. All right. This is from taken right from the Freemason website. So again... Which Freemason website? I don't remember. Freemasonry.com. <laughs> like they're, okay. It was I like their... Most jurisdictions have their own This is definitely website. like a... No, this is definitely an umbrella. Okay. But Freemasonry.org. I don't know. Just the Freemasonry website. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's, there's some nuance that makes that a flawed statement, but that's okay. <laughs> Do I need to look it up right now for you? Preston? No, no, let's go forward with All it. Right. What's it say? <laughs> Freemasonry, or Masonry, is the oldest fraternal organization in the world, though its origins can be traced to the stone masons and cathedral builders of med medieval times. Freemasonry remains a vital force in the daily lives of millions of men across the globe. 
Through a series of degrees and ceremonies, the values of Freemasonry are passed from generation to generation, Mason to Mason, in a timeless and tireless effort to make good men better. These degrees provide a framework that affects every aspect of modern life and are based on the values of brotherly love, relief, and truth. Pretty solid. Yeah. You're not going to find any Masonic jurisdiction that disagrees with that. That's a decent elevator pitch. I know I've been involved with Freemasonry for about a decade now. And I've never actually put together my own good or even half-decent elevator pitch for Freemasonry. So well, you, you, Now you don't have to. Sure, I could just quote somebody else. I like it. Sure. <laughs> so we have talked a little bit about mystery schools over the last couple of years. It's come up as we talked a lot about some of the, the older religions in Greece and Rome and Egypt. And Freemasonry is the source of my own real first-hand knowledge on the subject of mystery schools. Uh, Freemasonry is modeled after specifically the mysteries of Greece and Egypt, mostly. But obviously, Rome is kind of figures its way in there pretty nicely, too. And so the rituals hit many of the plot points that one might expect to see in the ancient cult narratives. Again, not danger cult. Yeah, like the old religions centered around a figure, a god, whatever. That very old definition of cult. Mm -hmm. Not the weird spooky definition we throw on it now. We call danger <laughs> cults on this podcast yeah. for that specific reason. Differentiation, very important. Yep. We talk about the hero's journey a little bit. Made most famous primarily in popular culture through the work of George Lucas and Joseph Campbell. <laughs> And so there's a lot of little points that you see along this path of the hero's journey that figure into Masonic ritual pretty typically. In fact, I did a presentation for Masonic Group about a year ago on that subject. It was nice. actually kind of cool. I might adjust it a little bit and share it. We'll see. Oh, that sounds like a good bonus episode. Right? Masonic ritual has the initiate emulate a laborer instead of emulating gods or warriors. So it's a lot different from what you might expect. Humbling. Yeah. Uh, this also reveals the origins of the order in the old stonemason guilds. The, the story is that when you would send your kid off to go to work at seven years old, because you can't afford to feed them anymore, they're grown up, seven and years I mean, old, go to work. Labor, right? Right? Mm. And so these people who are out actually working now have to raise other people's kids because they're seven or eight years old there's a real value in finding a good way to teach them that's really going to stick with them and so as they're learning the trade they're also learning these little tricks and stories and all kinds of fun stuff and this is as far as we can tell ultimately where freemasonry is actually born interesting what I also think is interesting is to become a Mason, you have to believe in a higher power. Mm -hmm. but they don't care what that higher power is. Right. And then that's also interesting to me because there's no checks or balances on that. Right. It's your episode on belief, right? I can say, I believe in this flying spaghetti gut monster and they don't know if I come by that genuinely or ironically or I don't even think they check what you believe in. You are asked, generally okay. speaking. Um, sure some jurisdictions more than others... But it's a question. But At least... still, you wouldn't know if someone came by. Again, Jen, if I, do I, you truly believe in Jediism or are you just a big Star Wars nerd? And right. wanted to put that on the census. Right. Or in your Mason application in this case. Yeah. It's, it's a little interesting, I guess, that 
there's always in every part of Freemasonry is every time you're moving up a level or a degree, there's uh, an obligation that you swear to God, whoever that God is. And if you don't believe in a God, then swearing to God is meaningless. Whether or not you have any value in what is being sworn, swearing to God just doesn't make sense if you don't think he's there. That's that's the real trick there and why it's so important that that still remains a part of the issue. Though um, in France, there's an awful lot of Masons had have set up their own organization that don't believe in God. Well, I was going to say we swear on not God for other things, right? In, yeah. in court houses. And I mean, we haven't ever had a non-religious president, but I'm sure they have. You know, you can swear on whatever holy book you want. Um, <laughs> There's been loads of non-religious presidents. The, uh, they the, vary fairly. Um, <laughs> none that would present as any. Right. But yeah, because you could, when you're being sworn in, swear on whatever holy book you want. I'm sure they have plans for what they do eventually get someone who is openly an atheist in office. So that just is interesting to me because like we swear on not God. Yeah. Well, you in the courthouse today, you can either swear on a book or you can just make an affirmation. Yes, I'm going to tell the truth. And if you don't believe in God, you can't make somebody swear to God because thankfully we have that freedom. Because actually country. that's lying. Right? So if they're swearing to God and they're an atheist and they're already lying on the stand. Yeah. Ooh, if literally, literally the first per word. Perjury! <laughs> yeah, problems. <laughs> and then, so it's also interesting to me that like, again, you don't have to... I guess for the, I'm sure, like you said, that they ask you, but I'm sure you're in the general group. It's nobody's business what you believe in. Pretty much. But a lot of the, I guess, references or the ones I put on the notes allude to Abrahamic religion, like Job's daughters, mm -hmm. uh, the Red Cross of Constantine. Is that just because it started in England or? The bulk of the I mean, the when narrative. I went, it was all white men, so I'm not <laughs> surprised, but. Uh, there's. An awful lot of diversity in Freemasonry, and for the most part, it's it's pretty close to the demographic split of any given community. Where you are, yeah. Skewing a little bit towards white, just because that's the the group that's been there that has that tradition for a while. But I was trying to find statistics on like if there were statistics on race or religion within. Freemasonry. I couldn't find anything. I don't know if that's more internal or if they even keep records. I mean, we don't keep, keep records. Like we, every the lodge information's there. It's just probably not ever like census. Right. Um. Every lodge in Alberta, it, where I am a member of the Grand Lodge of Alberta, every lodge has paperwork where when a member petitions to join the lodge, they're asked what religious community do you belong to, and nobody collates this into a set of statistics or anything yeah. but the question is asked it's there the data is available i think it'd be really interesting to do yeah the question of race is not on the application and there's no census done for that so it's actually mm -hmm. also kind of tricky you just kind of notice when you look around <laughs> to be fair i did go on robbie burns night which doesn't get much whiter it's so. <laughs> a pretty solid scottish tradition it's yeah pretty white pretty white. not exclusively white but pretty white yeah. <laughs> and that's people are adopting the tradition as seeing it as a more masonic thing so you, it's slowly becoming more multicultural but 
not rapidly. Oh well, it's a lot of fun anyway. A lot of scotch, a lot of haggis, and if it's spiced properly, haggis is good. Haggis is not bad. Yeah, just don't think about it. <laughs> and don't eat it cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is pretty tightly tied to the Christian tradition of its founders that the whole narrative within Masonic ritual is built around the construction of Solomon's temple. So it's not exclusively Christian, but it is very obviously of the Abrahamic umbrella. Yeah, I, I would just be curious on stats, specifically on what we call Eastern traditions. You know, how many Hindus or Sikhs, Buddhists do you have in masonry because yeah i'm sure christians jews even muslims would be the majority so i'd just be curious you know i want to say fringe that's not, that's <laughs> not right but fringe and masonry um, mm -hmm. kind of what the minority sure. yeah i hope i'm making sense in that minority groups being offensive <laughs> um right that might not typically be seen at your average canadian lodge what kind of steps there are there anyway i hope that made sense everyone <laughs> Yeah, there's, I know, Sikh Masons, Muslim Masons, Jewish Mason, Masons, Christian Masons. There's a relatively small number of Mormon Masons, just because the Grand Lodge of Utah, where the bulk of Mormons were for such a long time, was very adamant that no Mormon could be made a Mason in their jurisdiction. Interesting. And that ended about, uh, I want to say, 83 or 84, so only about 40 years ago. And even though the rule is gone, the recovery, the, the recovery from that tradition has been slow, which is kind of weird because back in the days of Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, he was heavily inspired by. Well, that was it was weird to be a man in the church and not a Mason. Interesting. It was expected. Um, people like Kimball would say that if. If you're going to join the church, maybe consider joining a lodge first. So can you, I, I know it's not announced, <laughs> but can you speak to why the Mormon church said no masonry or what are we going to talk no, about no, later? It, I know. Was, it was the Grand Lodge of Utah. The Grand Lodge of said Utah. Said no Mormons. Said no Mormons. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Can speak to that then or we'll yeah. get to that later. No, I can I get to it now. We have that yeah. spot later. <laughs> there was this fear that what was going on inside the, the temples of the Latter-day Saints was clandestine masonry. And so they're like, well, if you guys are doing your own clandestine thing in the in the temple, we don't want you because you're already breaking our rules because mm. you're sharing masonry with women and <sighs> all kinds of other things because they knew that women were in the temple. Women are. And all kinds of weird ideas. And then the Godmakers book and film were published in the early 80s. And it was this huge expose on what goes on inside Latter-day Saint temples. And there's... There's a little bit of exaggeration, a little bit of tone that misrepresents things, but most of the facts are pretty much right. And so when right after this was published, it took about a year for the Grand Lodge of Utah to say, well, now that we know what's going on in there, that's not clandestine Freemasonry. So our rule has no basis and is obviously discriminatory. So we're going to cut it. And so... They've had Latter-day Saint Grand Masters in Utah, or well, I think it was one. I don't think it's been more than one. My my data might be out of date too, uh, but there's there's a growing, slowly growing population of Latter-day Saint Freemasons. Interesting. 
cool. Yeah. Thank you for that aside. <laughs> so it's, I'm going to say not generally speaking incompatible with anybody's specific religion as long as your religion believes that there is a creator that cares about us that so no has, yeah pretty much okay. that god does reveal things to us and that the human soul is immortal which is where it gets a little bit tricky to be a jehovah's witness and a freemason because the permanent nature of the soul is a tricky discussion for jehovah's witnesses but the other side of that is the average jehovah's witness will be shunned for joining a masonic lodge <laughs> Yeah. So it's not a, a conflict so that comes like up very often. A, yes, it's not really a problem. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of a Satanist Freemason. Generally, if you're a theological Satanist, the idea of you joining a group that praises the creator it wouldn't, wouldn't sit right. Yeah. It wouldn't make any sense. And of course, the other Satanists, the atheist Satanists, have no value for the system either. Because... Yeah, it's a, a satire at best. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it is it is a pretty religious organization, generally speaking. It certainly wouldn't exist without religion. Everyone that built the organization it was raised in the Western European Christian context. And, I mean, if you know anything about Freemasonry, you know it's about Solomon's Temple. It's super obvious there's an influence there. Some people are really opposed like, just really hate Freemasonry, there's a very large number of people though, who are actively campaigning against Freemasonry out in the public sphere and do it in the name of their religion, which is really weird. <laughs> I mean, is it, though, so many religions don't like other religions? And if this is religion-adjacent, then... Yeah, I don't know. Having lived it... Freemasonry is definitely more of an ally to religion rather than a religion in its own right, depending on how you define it, <laughs> define how, how you define religion. Right. Because, I mean, we know anything can be religious. Yeah. Right. And we'll have to deal with that nebulous nature of it all for years Ever. to come. <laughs> but Freemasonry is super old. Steer back into our, our history of it. We know for sure that King James was made a Freemason just a few years after he published his Demonology and a full decade before he authorized uh, the publication of the the King James Bible in 1611. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. But there's little shreds of evidence that say it was old even when he joined. There is a manuscript called the Hallowell Manuscript. It contains the Regius poem that was probably written reasonably close to 1400 CE. So a full couple hundred years before King James. And it's a really long poem. It goes through this whole legend of how Freemasonry came to be where it is at the time this poem was written. Oh, wow. And it's super hard to ver verify any of the details in it. But it claims that Freemasonry was brought to England during the reign of King Athelstan, who reigned in England from 924 to 939. Wow. Yeah. So we're, ta we're talking more than a thousand years of Masonic history in England. Problem is, there's no scholar that really puts any stock into this, that this legend is 
probably, most probably fiction. Okay. To but, give it more weight. Right. But we are still looking back all the way to 1400 CE as this does exist here at this time. Mm-hmm. But adding an extra 400 years, pretty dubious. Yeah. <laughs> There's also some dubi- dubious evidence that the first Grand Lodge was actually formed in Cologne, Germany. Wait, wait. In 1250. So, older than the Regius poem. Not 900. But not 900 CE. Um, it says that Rudolf I of Habsburg, who was king of Germany from 1273 to 1291, had joined the Lodge of St. Stephen while he was king. So, it's kind of cool. Um, there's, there's not a lot. I haven't found actually any evidence backing up the claims of the scholar who brought this to my attention. His name is uh, Henning Clovercorn. But it's cool. It's a an idea that does make some sense with some of the vocabulary that we use in Freemasonry, but I haven't been able to find anything that really backs them up either. So our, sol- our most solid evidence of ancient existence of this organization only goes back to about 1400 CE. How much has Freemasonry changed in the last 600 years? Um, You know, just thinking (laughs) how religions have changed in Mm -hmm. 600 years. I can't imagine it's all the same, but I also know it's rooted deeply in tradition. Right. So in about 1600, it was mostly still actual stoneworkers. There were people joining Freemasonry who weren't stoneworkers, but they were not in the majority, not even close. And then slowly over the course of a couple hundred years, by the time we get to about 1720, it's almost only the the enlightened folk. It's no longer a guild for Masons. Right. And so that was a, a fairly slow transition Presumably, people were joining because they were curious about the mysteries that were held by these groups. And this just kind of kept growing and growing to the point where these thinkers outnumbered the workers. But the ritual always worried about the laborer. And even though we've abandoned the operative nature of Freemasonry, it's still very focused on be a good worker and perfect the spiritual temple within yourself and outside of yourself. Okay. A lot to it. Thanks. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, also, there's an awful lot of people like to hype up, oh, he's a 33rd degree Mason. He's so special. I mean, the, the degree that is numbered 33 isn't just handed out willy-nilly, but there are literally hundreds of Masonic degrees, and I already have more than 40. Wow, we got a 40-something as Mason in the house. But it's it's not that sort of impressive thing that a lot of people chalk it up to be. So, <laughs> I don't know why this reminds me. I don't know why I'm telling on the podcast, but I had a friend doing some genealogy mm-hmm. research, and she posted on Facebook that her 10th cousin was one of the women burned in the Salem witch trials. Oh, I was yeah. like, like, that's not not interesting, but my husband is my 10th cousin. Like, 10th cousin is that's really far relation. away. Like, <laughs> again, it's not that it's not cool, but, like, Obama's my 10th cousin and my husband is my 10th cousin. It's really far away. 
It really is. So it's like nice, but not as impressive as you make it sound. Right. Well, it's... I should have posted. I I posted on her. I commented. It was mm-hmm. on Facebook. I was. I posted that Obama was my tenth cousin, but I really should have posted that my husband was my tenth cousin to be like, <laughs> it's actually not, because that shocks people into realizing how not close at all it is. Right. So ding, Freemasonry. Ding, 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 ding. You, there was a, a couple of degrees. There, you've got the 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 degree of the apprentice. Mm-hmm. You've got this kid who just comes in to join your guild. He's got to make some obligations learn a little bit of the secrets for the work that he's going to do and spiritual implications that he'll be reminded of as he does that work. And then at some point becomes a fellow of the craft. He's able to travel around and, and really work freely. And that's really where it stopped. And then there was another secret for somebody who could tell the fellows what to do. Superintendent pretty much yeah and at the time that king james was made a freemason it was pretty much just the the first two degrees and then the boss and then after that time at some point presumably like the middle-ish of the 1700s they created the degree of the master mason that some say was the degree that was given to the overseers or or something else entirely there's a bit there's still scholarly argument about all that history but king james was never a master mason he was a fellow craft that's where he stopped as a dude who was super into all the things he was into it would seem weird for him to stop there when there was more to experience but by the time we get to the end of the 1700s people have written all kinds of new degrees there's all kinds of ways to make money. You got all these people who are just there for the enlightenment of Freemasonry. And so if you say, hey, I've got more light, come and join my group, pay me 20 bucks and you're good to go. That's a great business. Yeah. And it happened all over the place. And people made a lot of money. <laughs> when did it get regulated? It's a tricky thing. There's, there's a lot of groups that have official sanctions from the actual Grand Lodge that runs just the first three degrees in most jurisdictions. There's some variation there too. But there's a lot of groups that exist and just, oh, we're invitational. And if you're not super friendly to our being a group, we just won't advertise our existence. So it's it's tricky. And regulation is definitely a jurisdiction by jurisdiction thing. Okay. Some places are loosey-goosey. Some places are super strict. And say, you know, if you join this group, we're going to kick you out. Wow. That's, it, that's a thing. And other people are like, you're going to do what you're going to do. That's fine. <laughs> so, is Freemasonry a religion? Ooh. That's, that's tricky. There's, there's a lot of people who use it as their religion, as a replacement for attending any congregational worship. And that's that's fine. The Freemasonry website, <laughs> whichever great... jurisdiction runs it. <laughs> I now I need to find it. Like it's the main one. Um... There is no global Masonic authority. That's the trick. <laughs> I'm googling it. Okay. <laughs> Beafreemason.org. Okay, which will be run by some sort of authority. So they're trying to be. 
be a freemason.org people it's in the record now uh preston cannot find who it's run by so i feel yeah. vindicated there's no global masonic authority so i don't know whose authority they're operating under but a lot of people like to look to the united grand lodge of england as the mother grand lodge of all freemasons in the world that's very offensive to the older Grand Lodges of Scotland and Ireland. <laughs> anyway, so from this BA Freemason.org website in their FAQs, is Freemasonry a religion? Is one of the questions. So I've copied and pasted their answer. <laughs> Freemasonry is not a religion or a substitute for religion. Freemasonry does not intrude on the religious beliefs of of its members, although it does require that all members profess a belief in a supreme being, all caps. Men of all faiths are represented in Freemasonry. Religion is not discussed at lodge meetings. Yeah, it's actually written into all of our laws that anything that is likely to cause a serious disagreement between brothers is a forbidden topic of discussion. And that is, and specifically listed, it's religion and politics. Because partisan politics ruin everything. Yes. But you know what doesn't ruin everything? The Holy Watermelon Podcast. Right? <laughs> so I've mentioned the United Grand Lodge of England before as not the mother Grand Lodge of all Freemasons in the world, but generally well-respected and they take a more public voice whenever the opportunity comes up, especially the last few years. So in 1985, the United Grand Lodge of England published a statement that has been parroted by almost every Masonic jurisdiction authority. And you're world. not even going to read the first paragraph because I just did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I like the way it goes on. It says the names used for the Supreme Being enable men of different faiths to join in prayer to God as they see him without the terms of the prayer causing dissension among them. There is no Masonic God. A Freemason remains committed to the God of the religion he professes. Freemasons meet in common respect for the Supreme Being, but he remains supreme in their individual religions, and it is no part of Freemasonry to attempt to join religions together. There is therefore no composite Masonic God. An open volume of the sacred law is an essential part of every Masonic meeting. The volume of the sacred law to a Christian is the Bible. To Freemasons of other faiths, it is the book held holy by them. Freemasonry is far from indifferent to religion. Without interfering in religious practice, it expects each member to follow his own faith and to place his duty to God, by whatever name he is known, above all other duties. Its moral teachings are acceptable to all religions. And I've yet to find a religion that finds fault with their moral teachings, but, I mean, you might find one. <laughs> There's a lot of religion. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty solid statement. It says, we're not a religion. Uh, the Grand Lodge of Alberta goes on to inform petitioning candidates that it acknowledges a one and caring deity, neither secular nor theological. Reverence for a supreme being is ever-present in its ceremonials. The volume of the sacred law, appropriate to its members, is open upon its altar whenever a lodge is in session. But that is heavily monotheistic. It definitely looks monotheistic, but it's not terribly unfavorable for groups that are 
polytheistic as long as there is a a recognition of a, a supreme or a creator among them. Like Brahma. Right. In the case of Hindus. Yeah. And so you'll see Hindu Freemasons. Okay. Yeah. I buy that. Okay. Wolf Wolfensberger. Our favorite. <laughs> we talked about him a little while ago. He's got a great quote that I think, if you accept his framework, makes Freemasonry for sure a religion. Hmm. Okay. He says, religion is any supra-empirical or extra-empirical belief or belief system or worldview. Accordingly, capitalism, communism, fascism, democracy, with the hope that science or technology will save the world, and thousands of other beliefs are religions, including belief systems that have been formally defined as religions. In fact, epistemologists have made the convincing point that even atheism or deism because it is too based on an assertion that can never be empirically disproven by appeal to the laws of nature, insofar as every person capable of some thought holds to beliefs that are not empirically falsifiable, each person has a religion. In fact, many people incoherently have several religions, which, rather embarrassingly, are usually mutually exclusive. I like that. Yes, I like his perspective. I also love the name Wolf Wolfensberger. But he's a pretty great scholar. Nice. But not super well-known. But I like his work. Who's John Sebastian Marlowe Ward before I read his books? <laughs> he's the author of uh, a lot of books that you'll find in most Masonic libraries. He's just one of the, the big Masonic thinkers back when writing Freemasonry was very lucrative. Interesting. Yeah. So John Sebastian Marlowe Ward defines religion as a system of teaching moral truths moral truth associated with a belief in God. And then he declares, I consider Freemasonry a sufficiently organized school of mysticism to be entitled to be called a religion. He goes on to say, I boldly aver that Freemasonry is a religion, yet in no way conflicts with any other religion, unless that religion holds that no one outside its portals can be saved. And that's from Freemasonry, its aims and ideas. Or, aims and ideals. Which is interesting to me, because Christians think that. Yep, generally. And it's a <laughs> Christian, predominantly re re Christian club. Yep. So I'm confused. You are too. <laughs> it's a, a really interesting turn of phrase he uses. That there's an awful lot of Christians who insist that unless you join my church, you'll never be saved. And that sounds like a really negative way to run through the world. And you probably wouldn't enjoy sharing a lodge with people who don't share your faith. But for an awful lot of Christians, there's a whole lot of mystery of can't say for sure who's going to be saved. So that fits nicely into so let's his brotherly statement. love everyone. So even right. if we're wrong, someone will vouch for us. Right. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... And he's an insider. He was a Mason. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it's so interesting. Yeah. But there's an awful lot of variety in the thought of Masonic writers. You get people like Albert Pike, who, as far as I can tell, is just a garbage human being, but wrote an awful lot, is responsible for changing a huge chunk of what we call Scottish Rite Freemasonry, and is weirdly respected in a lot of circles. 
and wrote this huge book that some people like to think of as the Masonic Bible called Morals and Dogma. And it's yeah. I've had all kinds of people ask me about it. I'm like, haven't read it yet. And weird that you're reading it. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's part of your job now, Preston, to read it. I think so. I've been meaning to get around to it for a while, but not liking its writer has really hindered that process. Slowed me down on that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but really, one can hardly deny the religious character of a Freemason's Lodge. Ritual is focused tightly on events drawn straight out of religious traditions, especially the construction of King Solomon's Temple. We use the Bible in ritual. I don't know if religion is a unifying system of belief in a supernatural power. That's Freemasonry. <laughs> but if you have a, a tighter definition on it, then maybe it doesn't fit in. But a lot of the times the way we define religion omits Buddhism and Confucianism and sometimes even Shinto. It's, you need to draw your lines properly and that gets really tricky. Yeah. Several religious or Christian denominations do not let their congregants join Freemasonry. What? Most notably, <laughs> Catholics. Yeah. The popes over the centuries have issued several bulls saying no Freemason shall be admitted to receive the communion. But I feel like you told me that you have a Catholic. I know several Catholic Freemasons. So they're breaking the law. <laughs> the Breaking the law. It's weird that the Pope has this rule. And yet most people underneath that office just operate on a don't ask, don't tell kind of situation. Yeah. It's a little weird. <laughs> like abortion. I, I I don't see a parallel there. I would say more like homosexuals serving in the military. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't I ask, was just don't tell. I say Catholic abortions where Catholic women statistically have more abortions. Fair enough. So, same thing. Okay, I see you. Yeah, that's where I was. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Other ones include the Assemblies of God, Church of the Brethren, Church of Nazarene, the Evangelical Lutheran Synod, the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod, the Methodist Church of the UK. Uh, this one's con they condemn it, but they don't prohibit it. It's decriminalized, I mean, but not illegal. Right. It's not wildly different, but it's not the same. <laughs> the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, the Presbyterian Church in America, and the Society of Friends, also known as the Quakers, all say no Freemasonry. Yep. And thanks to the weird ban of the Grand Lodge of Utah, it's, depending on who you talk to in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you're going to get some weird looks if you admit to being a Freemason. Have you gotten weird looks? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean. <laughs> loads. I was going to say something rude. <laughs> you get weird looks regardless. Yeah. <laughs> Preston's my favorite. <laughs> I found it interesting that there, uh, I found a list of the eight major concerns that the Southern Baptist Convention had expressed about the teachings and practices of Masonry. So I thought this was a good, like, Point, counterpoint. Sure. Have. Yeah. Give it to me. All right. Preston Freemasonry uses offensive, non-biblical, and blasphemous terms relating to God. Well, as a person who believes in God and feels pretty good about his relationship with God, I don't remember ever hearing a blasphemous term relating to God or an offensive term relating to God. And the non-biblical issue... 
if you're going to limit your language to what was written in the Bible, when there's no such thing as the Bible, let, let's start there. You, you've got a problem because you got to argue about a book. But if you're going to limit your vocabulary to one book and its contents, you're going to have a bad time. I was going to say, I feel like most evangelical churches today don't use biblical terms relating to God. They're pretty, they're pretty modern, which is why they do so well. Sure. <laughs> it's a weird complaint. It is a very and, specific complaint. Yeah. And, well, it's not that specific. If it was going to be specific, tell me which one offends so, you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number two. Freemasonry insists on the use of bloody oaths or obligations, which are strictly forbidden by the Bible, Matthew 5, 34 to 37. Yeah, that's a weird one. Tell me about the bloody oaths. I'm sure it's... Broadly speaking... Because uh, you when... can't tell us. No, I can't tell you the details of the obligations, but there's, broadly speaking... Do you slice your hand open? No. Blood brothers? No. Nope. Hold my hand. <laughs> Uh, broadly speaking, there are promises that you would rather die than share the secrets that are shared with you. Wow. And yeah, that's, that's, that's enough. <laughs> and it is contrary to the idea that you should never make an oath or make any promise, but I don't see an issue there, but their point is, I'm going to say, mostly valid. Okay. I, I accept it. As a concern. But it's not a problem for me. There you go. Well, you're a bad Southern Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Number three, Freemason urges the occultic and or pagan readings be used. Oh, sorry. Urges that occultic or and or pagan readings be used and that their teachings be appropriated in interpreting such concepts as the Trinity. I was just going to say, I feel like they use a whole bunch of vocabulary words they don't know. Yes. Specifically occultic and pagan. Yes. Okay. Without doubt or equivocation, yes. <laughs> that is a correct estimation of their statement. And it's a little embarrassing that they put it into writing. <laughs> I've known one Mason who was really, you really should learn more about alchemy. One. <laughs> it doesn't as far as did he, have, did he have a forge in his garage i hope so i doubt it but i don't i don't know the answer to that but the idea that freemasonry urges occultic or pagan readings to be used that's that's never come up <laughs> has anyone ever brought a doTERRA catalog doTERRA's essential oils oh no because that would be i've never seen a man push the sale of essential oils Fair. not Fair. to say that this doesn't happen i'm confident it has to happen somewhere but i've never seen it okay that would <laughs> fall under a cult uh, technically yeah <laughs> all right number four freemasonry includes the bible as part of the air quotes furniture of the lodge but only as an equal with non-christian symbols and writing <sighs> What a weird thing to complain about. I mean, <laughs> so what do you think it is in a hotel room, sir? <laughs> well, so their complaint is the idea that we refer to the Bible as part of the furniture. Is your bedroom 
even a bedroom without a bed in it? Is your toilet I, even... I would say it depends <laughs> if you're selling your house. <laughs> because anything with windows in a closet can count as a bedroom. So, we're, But with now legal, you're talking about intent. With legal egress. <laughs> so that's that's the thing. That if you're going to be offended by the idea that a lodge is not what we say it is without a Bible present, that's messed up. <laughs> mm -hmm. the bible is an essential part I see of saying. the lodge setup that's why like it's called the furniture a church of lodge. Without a bible right if if you have a church without a bible what are you doing <laughs> it's just a conference room at that point exactly whereas it's in our law we cannot hold a lodge meeting without the volume of the sacred law which is a term used simply to be more inclusive you can have a lodge meeting without a Bible, but you you have to have something else take its place. In a right, room so with can, just Muslims, you, you there's no need for a Bible. Right. You have the Quran instead. But I've never seen a Masonic lodge room without the King James Bible, specifically. Which, I mean, for me, it doesn't need to be King James Bible, but a lot of people get pretty uppy about it. That if it's not King James, it's not even a real Bible. Not even a real Bible. Which is also a weird thing to believe, but well, here we are. That's a different episode. <laughs> we'll get to that eventually. Yeah. Yeah. But also, the, uh, another part of their complaint is that it is, they say it's equal with non-Christian symbols and writings. And that's just not true. <laughs> I've When I was invested as a chaplain, I was told it is the first great light in Freemasonry that nothing else compares to it. And then direct sequel the next two are symbols that specifically illustrate the position of god as creator i guess the only <laughs> way i can see as equal with non-christian symbols or writings is if you also had a quran right right if you i'm sure there's a lodge out there that's like half half or you know there's a, maybe sure in that case there are definitely lodges that are or... mostly muslim yeah. for sure so that's the only time it can be like still not a valid complaint but at least they're speaking the truth right um, and we've talked about this before if you can't prove with it beyond a shadow of doubt your religious position why should you lord it over somebody else burden of proof <laughs> so as far as making the bible equal to the quran I mean, in my personal estimation, that's not the reality, but in some lodges, sure, why not? I don't like this complaint that they have, but that's that's what they got. All right, I think this is number five. Freemasonry misuses the term light to refer to moral reformation as a means to salvation. I've never heard that said before outside of this context. Can we translate that? That feels like a lot of words in my brain where I'm like, I don't know what they're trying to say. So the accusation, because we're not even going to deal with what the reality is right now. The accusation is that Freemasonry uses the word light to refer to self-improvement as a path of salvation, which I've just, I've never seen. Like, yes, we're meant to seek light, but light is almost always allegorical for information, understanding, or 
divine providence that you're looking for blessings and knowledge and understanding. And I don't remember ever being told that this is the means of salvation, but I have to admit that the ritual of it varies from place to place, but I've, I've never come up against that. Okay. <laughs> and just taking what, I, what we have here, the idea that light being connected to moral reformation connects to salvation. Jesus said, repent, or you cannot get into heaven. You must have reformation to make it. <laughs> and if light is any connection to God's grace, that's super important to Christians too. <laughs> so it's a weird complaint and I can't call it valid for many reasons. All right. Uh, number six, Freemasonry teaches that salvation may be attained by good works and not through faith in Christ alone. I, I <laughs> have comments on this one, so. Go for it. Aren't there other Christian groups that think that too? Yes, but they, not not the Southern Baptist no, Convention. No, fair, but like, <laughs> and I guess they would say don't be part of those other Christian groups. But I mean, this is not just a Freemasonry thing. Right. But also in the Bible, it tells you Faith alone is not enough. You have to do something with it. <laughs> That's why God put atheists on the planet. Right? Act without faith. It can't be all that bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't remember ever being told that my good works will be my salvation in Lodge. As I was going to say. Right. I don't, I don't remember that being in Masonic ritual, and I've had to memorize an awful lot of ritual. He's done over 40 guys. Yeah, there's... Maybe you're so, just there's... not high enough yet. <laughs> so to be the ultimate Masonic authority Who in a jurisdiction... The well, there is no ultimate Masonic authority. Every jurisdiction has its own grandmaster, and every grandmaster is equal in authority Globally. for their jurisdiction. Hmm. There's no one grandmaster lords over six of these or a hundred of those. It's... The Grandmaster is Grandmaster of his jurisdiction. Alberta has one Grandmaster. Texas has one Grandmaster. And they're all friends. They're all equal. They do actually get the opportunity to hang out. There is a conference of Grandmasters well, in North fine. America. Are you going to do that? I eventually. Okay. Uh, that's so far down the road for me. It costs a lot of money to do all of the things that go with that office. Mm, fair. But Sorry, what was good, I saying? We're on good works and I <laughs> distracted you. No, I lost the train. I don't know what I'm I was sorry. saying. You've never been told that your good works in the lodge. Yeah, I've, I don't remember ever being told that that was going to be salvation in any Masonic ritual that I have ever gone through. And it's been a handful. <laughs> Number seven, Freemasonry advocates in many of its writings the non-biblical teachings of universalism. <laughs> uh, I Again, do they even know what universalism is? I I can't say for sure, but I've never heard universalism being preached in a Masonic Lodge. The, the idea that all men are created equal, very important to Freemasons. That varies from area to area too. For example, the Deep South has a real struggle with this idea, but in Canada, we're very comfortable with it. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that every religion is equal. It just means that we respect all brothers equally because we can't prove anything. 
religion wise. Is that something that's talked about? I guess you don't talk about religion nope, a lot. We just let it be. Say, is that a belief that most Masons share? That kind of, I believe in it, but I respect that it can't be proven. So, because that's a pretty progressive. Most, most Masons are pretty respectful and grown up about it. There are some that aren't. I mean, and eventually it's just like, well, this isn't for you. So, Bye. go enjoy your meat and potatoes somewhere else. <laughs> mm, masonic meat <laughs> uh, eating is a big deal for freemasons if you're not yes. eating together it's you're missing a huge chunk of the fraternity I, the experience. i'm literally going on the record preston mm -hmm. i always want to come to robbie burns night in some of its lodges freemasonry discriminates against non-whites preston yeah i had alluded to this it's weird that the Southern Convention complained about this. <laughs> Shots fired. Um, yeah, it's true. There are Freemasons who have been super racist, including the well-loved, for no good reason, Albert Pike, <laughs> who was a Confederate general fighting to keep slaves and all that terrible nonsense. It's a valid complaint because it, it is hypocrisy yeah. Yeah. that some Freemasons do discriminate against non-whites. That sucks. But as a, as a rule, for all Freemasonry, no, that's not a thing. Just all Masons need to be better together. Yes. There is a solution for this one. Yeah. And I mean, it's also a problem that the Southern Baptist Convention probably has. <laughs> and yeah. other groups. I'm not adding anyone so, in particular. Just racism is a, is a thing. Yes. Now, to be clear, Southern Baptist Convention, generally speaking, there's obviously exceptions and everything. Big fan of Donald J. Trump. And based on all these complaints, they clearly did not like George Washington very much. <laughs> I love it. So... Here we go. <laughs> um, and I guess this is a bonus one because there's nine points and I said there was eight. I don't know who researched this. It was me. <laughs> While it is clear that some Christians, moral persons, and outstanding government leaders have been and are members of the Freemasonic movement, several points of the Lodge's teachings are non-biblical and non-Christian. Oh, no. <laughs> this is this is actually more of a summary. While Freemasonry encourages and supports charitable activities, it contains both multi-religious and inclusivistic teachings that are not Christian. They make that sound like it's a bad thing, right? Inclusive teachings are bad. That was I, mean, I think that was a summary of the. So that's how I'm gonna word it. So the idea of multi-religious communion is offensive to these people. I can't defend that position. <laughs> if you're against in social inclusion, fine. Don't join us. We're going to be better for it. <laughs> and the idea that there's these that these teachings are not Christian, that's your personal flavor of Christianity. That's it. <laughs> you know whose flavor of Christianity that isn't? Jesus. Right? No, Jesus would be kicked out of the vast majority of Christian churches. It's embarrassing. So we're, we got to have a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. Freemasons don't admit atheists. Correct. Generally speaking, there are exceptions to that as well. Oh, 
I want to know how I can get in on this. I'm also a woman. So that's another point we're going to have to talk about. Um, (laughs) So this was an interesting quote that I really didn't like. So this is what we're going to have. Go for it. The Grandmaster of the Grand Lodge of New York. I don't know when this quote was because I know the Grandmaster. Some past Grandmaster. Some past Grandmaster. The reason (laughs) we, I think in the past, wanted somebody that had a belief in a supreme being is because we take certain obligations to be a good man to support the fraternity. And if you don't have a belief in a supreme being, the obligation would mean nothing. Yes, so my marriage (laughs) is void because I'm not religious and don't know how to make an obligation. Yeah, that's not what he's saying. <laughs> I don't love his wording here. It is, it, it, it does offer problematic says wording. that because <laughs> we have nothing holding us accountable, we have no reason to be accountable. That's how I read it. And I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, the obligations are angry. sworn to the creator of the universe. And so if you don't believe in him, you've already begun with a lie. That's the trick. <laughs> yeah, but okay, but that <laughs> requires some inherent knowledge of what happens in Freemasonry, because he's like you said, he's worded in a way that's like, oh, no one's holding you accountable, and guess you can't be accountable. <laughs> well, there's this inherent knowledge of Freemasonry. We'd let people know more or less a little bit what's going on inside before we ever initiate okay. anybody. So it's not surprise you have to believe in God when you're half an hour into the ritual. <laughs> what about the women thing? There are women Freemasons. Can I be one? You can't do it here because there are no lodges for women Freemasons here. And I'm an atheist. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Two strikes against me. Yep. <laughs> Old tradition. Yeah, it's a burial tradition. I mean, I guess you can't like check check, but like, what what are they doing about non-binary or trans men? I guess trans. I mean, trans men. You like obviously you don't pull down someone's pants, but right. There's been a lot of Masonic jurisdictions that have come out and said we don't care. Come and join. Lodges have said to the brothers who transition to female, we're not going to kick you out. Mm, so it's, broadly speaking a lot of jurisdictions are super inclusive Good. but not all of them but Some of the world changes where slowly. you are in the world too yeah. as opposed to the club we're a part of right club is probably reducing it a bit but <laughs> kind of a lot <laughs> kind of a lot he says <laughs> no girls allowed on the front door Sure, why not? <laughs> and it's in a treehouse. That's why it's called a lodge. <laughs> okay. You're like stopping. <laughs> but is it a cult? Well, even if you accept the idea that Freemasonry is a religion, then we still have the problematic definition of cult. <laughs> you mean, <laughs> once we move past the problematic definition of religion... I mean, we've got a bunch of guys in a room together, praying together to the one specific, though not necessarily universally agreed upon God. Maybe that makes it a cult. But is it a danger cult? No. Remember, we've talked about before, authoritarianism is the hallmark. The bite model of authoritarian control. Yeah. 
and we just don't hit those points. It's a pretty free organization. You can stop showing up anytime you want, and people are going to reach out and say, hey, are you okay? Because generally you've joined a lodge and made friends or have joined people who are already your friends. So if you just drop off the face of the planet, people are going to go, what's up? But nobody is dragging you back to the lodge, kicking and screaming, and nobody's... You can leave any time. We have a friend who's a former Mason. Yeah. And keep it up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's super democratic. Lodges elect their master every year. The Grand Lodge elects its grandmaster every year. It's... I mean, as far as we can tell, it's the home of modern democracy. <laughs> every nation that's had a major revolution there i don't know of any that didn't have freemasons involved in building their new government (laughs) even in england the parliament was figured out by masons interesting yeah i don't think they did a very good job i'm not a fan of first past the post but here we are yeah, it was what they thought of at the time. And for some reason, we're like, it's the best that there ever could be. Let's commit to it. <laughs> we've, we've come up with better ideas now. And people Absolutely. are just not ready for it, apparently. The people in power know they don't lose them their power. That's the real trick. I, I, I don't want to digress too much, but I've any political discussion, I try to start with, well, what is the purpose of government? And then what do you think of first past the post? Because this partisan fighting is really just a result of, A, people not knowing what they want from their government mm-hmm. and a shitty system. Mm-hmm. And yep. most people have no idea what first past the post is. Correct. Because whenever I'm like, whenever there's an election, I'm like, ah, oh, first past the post. And then people are like, what's that? I'm like, that's really bad. Mm-hmm. Let me draw you diagrams on why it's so shitty. Right. Terrible, terrible things. All right. So it's not really a cult it's not really a religion but right the closest we get to cult is that there is specific dress you you are required to wear your apron and thinking that associating that with cultiness is weird i mean when we think of cults they totally do so from the outside i can see but you know my point in the notes is like i tore a specific uniform to dance class too Right. <laughs> or you got to wear something to soccer. You got to wear something to work. Right. Um, so. Yeah. Um, specific language is a lot different than language control. That's fine. We do have group rituals that could look culty depending on the cult that you're expecting, I guess. There is a little bit of information control, but it's not like you don't get to know what we're up to. It's here's a secret that marks you as this class, which consists of basically words and handshakes. It's not like where you have to wait until you get to be invited to this group before we can tell you how we rule the world because it doesn't work that you way. You know 44 <laughs> different handshakes then? No. Wow. <laughs> That's disappointing. <laughs> we should come up with our own holy watermelon handshake. God, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> no, I'm I'm ready. I'm on this. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll workshop. Okay. Okay, so it's not really a religion, eh, not really a cult, eh, but is it a secret society? Ah, there's this kind of annoying catchphrase that I hear more often than I would like. 
that's why it's annoying, <laughs> that we're not a secret society, but we're a society with secrets. That's really bad PR. Right? It's terrible. <laughs> it's real bad PR. Don't, don't say that. Right? Don't say that. So I also belong to a whole bunch of Masonic message boards and Masonic subreddits and whatnot. And every now and then, somebody will be like, I'm here and I want to learn more. And then somebody pipes up, to be one, ask one. No, sir, you're an idiot. <laughs> They've already asked. You're saying it helped nothing. <laughs> but yeah, this this behavior and phenomenon, it runs deep. <laughs> uh, but like any really organized group, you don't get to just walk in off the street and get to know all of the things. So... In the same way Ikea is a secret society? Sure. <laughs> but no one calls Ikea a secret society for a good reason. And I don't think Freemasonry is a secret society. It's a mystery school, but it's not a secret society. Yeah, that's boring. <laughs> sure, for a lot of people it doesn't appeal. and That's fine. I love it. I just <laughs> want it to be a secret society. Sure. I want to be part of a secret society. Somebody might reach out to you one day. Maybe, Maybe you'll start getting emails from some new group uh, claiming like to be this. the Illuminati. Maybe we should uh, <laughs> have an arm of the San Lenatus Fellowship that's a secret society. <laughs> we'll give it a whole new name and sure. send out secret invitations. Okay. Top tier Patreon <laughs> members. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So it's not really a religion. It's not really a cult. It's definitely not a secret society. But is it a cult? Is it occult? Occult. Occult, not occult. Occult. <sighs> I mean, we, we've talked about, is anything really occult before? And there are a handful of things that are traditionally stored under that label. Is it satanic? No. Pretty anti-satanic. Is it super witchy? Not really. It's there compatible be, with Wiccans. Say there might be a witch in the um, lodge, but... Yeah, there's... I've met a good handful of Masonic Wiccans, but that's they don't define Freemasonry more than most other groups. Let's be real. Christianity does a pretty good job applying their mark to Freemasonry, but it's not to the point that witchcraft is really excluded because we don't let the Christians say, hey, you can't be a Wiccan. <laughs> we, or at least we try really hard not to let that happen. But if what is a cult is a search for hidden knowledge, sure, that's pretty much our bread and butter, maybe. <laughs> that we, we want to know more about the world around us. Why would you not want to? But is that really a cult? I don't I think mean, so. I mean, um... it's part of the occult experience, but is that actually itself a cult? I don't think there is really an occult experience, <laughs> but... The people who describe themselves as occultists are looking for greater understanding of the world around them. Fair. So I think it's fair to say that that is the occult experience. And that's about as all-encompassing of a statement as you can make. Spooky-wooky as it gets. <laughs> sure. It's, I don't know. There are some Masons who are super interested in what is traditionally called a occult. I've known one or maybe two who are really into alchemy or astrology but it's as a group not so much 
there. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. for our listeners, we have an extra special opportunity here with Mr. Preston. <laughs> Not only is he amazing, he is currently the grand chaplain of Alberta. So he's an extra religious mason is what I take from that. Sure. Yeah, I'm more or less the, the chief devotional authority. Uh, well, tell, tell us more about, about this, Preston. <laughs> I'll just... I'll just sit here quietly for once. So it's the care for the volume of the sacred law is reposed in me that I have to make sure the Bible is present or that we cannot hold a meeting. That's kind of a big deal. Of course, if I were not there to make sure the Bible is present, someone else would take care of that for me because it's in the box. (laughs) The office of Masonic chaplain is interesting. So I've, I've served in the capacity of chaplain a few times now in my own lodge, in council. It's come up a few times where they're like, hey, Preston, we think you'd be good for this job. And I said, sure, I'll do it. The title of chaplain traditionally refers to a minister operating in a private chapel. You'll see them in hospitals, prisons, whatever. Military, yeah. yeah, it's different than in a church. So while Masonic sanctuaries don't typically use the nomenclature of chapel, or minister, we are an assembly of believers, as diverse as we might be. Uh, The prohibition against theological discussion may seem at odds with the duties of a chaplain, generally speaking, but I've found that the ministry of a Masonic chaplain does not require the preaching of any particular divisive doctrine. It's mostly trying to help people out. A chaplain leads in prayer and, when necessary, advises a brother usually using things that are part of our shared experience, like the ritual that we use. Uh, The chaplain has unique responsibility to offer invocations and benedictions on behalf of the lodge. Uh, A lot of times, if there's not a chaplain, or depending on how your ritual is written, sometimes a worshipful master is the one who leads everybody in prayer. Some people get really uppity about that title too, worshipful master. A lot of cities have, have it in law that you will address the mayor as your worship. It's not terribly common in North America, especially not in the United States, but it happens and it's not that weird. (laughs) I don't think it's that weird. Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. But some people get really uppity about it. Oh, well. Uh, While many religions prescribe a particular method of prayer in the lodge, it's appropriate, especially to address the maker only in terms that are agreeable to everybody present. So using terms like the great architect of the universe is great because it's an example of a title that is generally understood to appeal to the highest divine authority, regardless of what you want to name him. You're praying to the one who created the universe. Bam. Solid. (laughs) It's non-denominational. It's great. Because we need to be inclusive. Some people want to get super selective on inclusivity, and that's annoying, like what we saw with the the Southern Baptist Convention. Whatever. Generally speaking, religious certainty is a comforter. It feels nice to feel sure about what you believe, but there's no place for that in our fraternity. We all have reasons to believe whatever specific things have crept into your faith. As we've talked about the nature of belief on the show before, you can have authoritative testimony to help you believe something, or just the way you perceive things is solid evidence for you to believe something. That's fine. You don't get to argue about it in Lodge. (laughs) We share a common belief that we are creatures indebted to a creator who demands that we keep covenants with him and with one another. 
which virtue is rewarded with, at the very least, faithful, enduring friendships. I can't think of any better creed than that. <laughs> I like that. And that's really what the heart of Freemasonry is. Thanks for sharing. So basically, the thesis of how to be a good Mason is a lot like the thesis that we've been pounding out all the time that we've been doing this show. Pounding. Don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good one, Preston. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know what? Before we wrap up this episode, I know we have a lot of your Mason friends that listen, so I just want to say a personal hello to you guys. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That so. was a long episode. We'll see how long it is after we edit it. <laughs> Fair, but let's wrap this puppy up. All right. Be sure to join us on Discord. Join the conversation. Ask questions. I'll, I'm happy to answer any question about Freemasonry. Except what the rituals are. The answer might be, I can't tell you this specific secret, but I'll answer every question. Okay, fair. <laughs> Plus, we have great memes and just great people on our Discord already. So, so join the conversation. We've got our Facebook, our Instagram. Check out all kinds of stuff. You want to learn random stuff about religion that just doesn't take up a whole episode we've got posts about it on our social we've been publishing a lot more bonus episodes on our patreon so if you want a um, early access to our regular episodes and some extra content be sure to subscribe to us on patreon if the subscription model is not your thing we also have a spreadshirt shop where you can <laughs> buy some sick only watermelon merch. Oh yeah, good times. Thanks for joining us. Peace, Peace be, be with, with you. you. By the late Middle Ages, the Christian prophecies had fulfilled itself.